Amen. So for many of you who may not know what that video was about, it's basically a history of how we got here. So Cottage Hill Baptist Church formed a long time ago and grew and had its ups and downs. And Pastor Allen came on at about 2012. Uh, I think I was hit by a car a year after that. And we came here in 2016-ish, right? There were some members in here tonight that wanted a, uh, that felt like God was leading us to plant a church on the island. And sure enough, here we are, four years later. Um, two years, elementary school, over at, many of you remember setting up at uh, Isle Dolphine, doing some Love Where You Live. Part of the DNA of Church of the Island is constantly outreach. Love Where You Live, we're doing next week at Dolphin Island Elementary School. We're filling up 75 backpacks for every student in that school. We're going to give them school supplies. Well, just a couple of years ago, God opened the door. The Methodist Church called us and said, we got a building. Or are you interested? We had plans before that, even a lot to build on. About a 5,000 square foot building. And uh, God had bigger plans. It's amazing when you open your heart and pray like crazy and stay flexible, how God opens doors that no man can shut. He says it in his word and we forget that that's an actual yes, fact. <laughs> So, when they came to us, it was 2,000 square foot larger than the building we were going to build for half the money on the highest point of the island with all these churches. So, here we are today with relationships with the other churches. Every Tuesday, we meet. And pray. Maybe two of us. Maybe eight of us. Every day of the week, someone here is praying. When I was ten years old, I did not know that I could not see. That I had bad vision. That I had nearsightedness. I was held back first grade. I moved through to second grade, and we were coming home from church one day. And my dad looks in the rearview mirror and he sees me squinting. And he says, David, read that sign. So I read a couple of the big words, but I was doing it like I always had like that, so that I could see them. I thought everybody did that because I couldn't see their face. It is amazing what vision will do. He said, honey, your son's blind. He can't see. There's your problem. We go to the doctor. Doctor fits me for my cool 1970s glasses. They were heavy. Made out of glass. But I remember walking around when I got home 
after being fitted for those glasses as if it was the first day of my life. Something inside me changed that had never been there before. It was not long after I had personally gotten saved and I really did understand I once was blind, but now I see. Some of y'all are going to wonder, guys, how is this blubbering idiot going to get through this sermon tonight? (laughs) God wants us to have vision and he wants it to be clear And he gives us all the parameters that we need to allow that to happen. And he says, let's go. And I think the trouble that we get into, whether it's individuals or churches, any organization, is we look outward so much that we cannot see the forest for the trees. It was ironic that pastor said last Tuesday when we were having our dinner right here, He was painting a picture of what's next for Church of the Island and where we're going to go and how it was going to be outward focused. And the next couple of years, we're going to hopefully have this pavilion built and we'll be able to meet outside more and have flex space with fire pits and all that cool stuff. But what's more, adopting churches that are dying so that the world doesn't take property that God already owned. God owns it all. So why would his church, the bride of Christ, give it away to the world? Tonight, I want to pick apart a passage of scripture that Solomon wrote in Proverbs. If you have your Bibles, look to Proverbs chapter 29, and we're going to be reading in verse 18. And we're going to read it together. And if you would, just stand up for a second, if you find it, in the honor of the reading of God's word. And just follow along with me. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the wisdom that you poured into Solomon. Tonight we ask that you pour that into us. That we receive the vision that you want us to have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Proverbs 29.18 says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Look at the phrase, the people cast off restraint. If you aim at nothing, you hit it 100% of the time. If you don't have a focused vision, if people don't have a focused vision, we don't have a path to necessarily stay on. I've gone plenty of places without going anywhere. Do you know what that feels like? (laughs) We see people in the world today that we label dreamers. There's nothing wrong with dreaming, but it's ironic that I've heard lots of quotes that refer to vision itself as vision with no action is nothing more than a dream. Lots of us can have dreams and not go anywhere. 
But when we lose sight of, or when we recognize that there's God's vision and then there's man's vision, we can see clearly that maybe there's one that I might need and one that I don't. Look, for instance, in our college institutions today. We have nine prefixes that people want people to call them and they don't know what they are. Including the word plus to enable us to widen the boundaries for how you should accept me. But I don't know who I am. No vision. We always learning, 2 Timothy 3, 7 says, but never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Sound familiar? Never in my lifetime have I dreamed that we would have such a complicated confusion regarding simple issues about boundaries of just identity within each other. It's rude for me to call you yes ma'am now because you don't know if you're a ma'am or a sir. But we know how you were born. We can't call 2 plus 2 4 any longer. What is that? If Satan can strip us of our understanding of reality, he can strip us of purpose. We go nowhere ever and we're neutralized as a church. Who's he going to hammer first? The church. He's going for the leadership in churches. Because if they lose vision, because they are confused, who's the author of confusion? They're neutralized. 20,000 churches are projected to close this year. Our vision? Don't let that number be 20,000. Maybe that number can be 19,500. And 82. Because we're faithful. I think it's easy. Just like when I was playing football. I broke my glasses. I knew what it was like to see well. But all of a sudden. Now I've got to go back to the doctor. And let him restore my vision. It's easy to lose sight. Or experience blurred vision. In this life. If we aren't careful. Even as believers. Especially as believers, because that's where Satan is doing his work. The world doesn't have vision before they started. They didn't know they couldn't see. So personally, when I don't have a clear life vision, I fall into this pit of meaninglessness. I need to get out of that. Organizationally, everybody knows that if your business doesn't have a vision, your people aren't going to buy it, and they aren't going to follow, and eventually your business will not succeed. There will be failure, or at least dis orientation at times until you get one where there is clear vision the people flourish when you have clear vision for your life you will flourish when you cast off restraint you will not flourish do you want your relationships to flourish I would say yes you flourish in your life with God's hand of favor and blessing when it's on your life. But that doesn't always happen. So tonight I just want to talk about how we can make sure as Church of the Island, how we can make sure as you individually can have a vision in your own life. We've got to realize a few things just about vision. Number one, 
To have vision is critical. It's critical. It's imperative. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. The word vision literally means revelation. It is God's vision for us. We're reading scripture, right? A sight to perceive. The idea that that knowledge and understanding. But lots of people have knowledge without understanding. You can have knowledge without wisdom, right? It's not a vision we get for God. Sometimes church people think that. It's a vision we get from God. God reveals his vision to you. It fires you up and it gives you a couple of things that maybe you didn't have before. Or at least redirects a couple of things that you didn't have before. One of those things, I would say, would be desire. Are you passionate about something? Have you ever been passionate about something? Well, nothing can get in your way from accomplishing what you want to accomplish when your desire is rightly aligned. This vision that God has revealed to man is not holding a planning session with other people asking, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think, right? It's God's revealed vision out of his word confirming his activity in his people. It has nothing to do with what we think, understand, or even know. It's God's to start out with, and when we can understand that, we grasp it, and it changes our desires. What does scripture say? He gives you the desires of your heart. Well, that doesn't mean he gives you everything you want. I get, well, I want a boat. <laughs> he gives you the desires of your heart by changing your desires to match his desires for your life. I never, ever thought I'd be a pastor of any kind, but I love doing it. He changed my desires. 2 Timothy 4, 3 says this, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. They will turn away from listening to the truth and wandering into myths. It's easy to hear what we want to hear. It's not always as easy to hear what we need to hear. But every time I have heard what I needed to hear and I made the adjustment and asked God for forgiveness and pouring his spirit into my life and I made, I made the adjustment, my desire changed accordingly and my passion for life changed. I was scared to death to share my faith as a teenager, although I was a believer. But I wasn't about to go back to church because they were going to tell me that I had to share my faith with somebody. I was nervous talking to four other people at the same time, and I had peer pressure issues, right? When I surrendered my life to God, God gave me a passion to share my faith, and I'm not afraid because those are souls. They're, they're not just people that I can get stuff from. They're not employees. They're souls. God gave me life that I didn't deserve. He wants to give it to, it's his desire that no one perish. His desire that no one perish. When I got on board with his vision, he made my desire that no one perish. 
a desire that I did not think that I could have. To have something you've never had, you must do something you've never done. You've got to give your life fully to Him. It's been well said, if you keep doing the same thing, don't expect different results. I believe that's been described as insanity, doing the same exact thing over and over and expecting a different result. We're not talking about accomplishing things in the flesh. It's not what I can do. I'm not going to go save people. It's God's Holy Spirit poured out in me, wanting people to be saved. He saved me. He can save anybody else. Romans 8, 5-7, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. We need a change of focus. For the mind that's set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Don't let your flesh lead your mind. Let your mind lead your flesh. Your spiritual disciplines of fasting and praying. and you, We don't do it because we feel like it. We do it because God tells us to and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That's why we obey him. Because we know that he knows best and we don't. And nothing is getting in the way of that. He loved me. I'm going to love him back. When I see that I'm a prime candidate to be used of God to accomplish something of eternal worth and value, like souls, how could that not create a consuming desire in me? How could that not fire me up? It should fire us up. We ought to be the most fired up people on the planet as believers. Amen. We know where we're going. We know when we're getting there. We don't know when we're getting there, but we watch people that we love pass away at undue times going, did he really know? Did she really know? Why did I not do anything? It's because my vision got skewed and my desire dissipated. Just focus again and he'll give you back your desire. Second thing, direction. Direction. Look at uh, verse 18 again. Be, but blessed is he who keeps the law. In other words, without a vision, people don't have any direction. Think of it this way. If we had roads without, you know, bridges, without uh, guardrails, they're there for what? Your protection. Not to just keep you from having fun. Someone said... If you don't know where you're going, you're probably going to wind up somewhere else. <laughs> I love that quote. We go our own way. We do our own thing. We march to the beat of our own drum. And we wonder why we wind up alone, broken, frustrated, vision casters, vision catchers. The vision claimers are those who have God's vision and do it his way. And that's what 100% of believers ought to do and ought to be looking for. Getting clear direction. We've been caught in a vision of what God can do for us. What God can do through us. What God can do to us. 
healthy fear of the Lord so that we can accomplish His will in His way according to His word. I used to, in our landscape business that I used to have, I'd have to train guys to cut grass and we had commercial accounts and sometimes you'd have these very large yards and you'd think it's going to look beautiful when they're finished. But no, the guy would sit on the mower and he goes out and he gets all the grass cut and there's lines doing this. They're all over the place. Mower's broken at the end. There wasn't a plan before he started. There was no clear direction in his driving. So what do you do? What are the very basics? You see that line right there? That's where you're going to start. You see that tree back there? That's where you're going to finish. Don't look at the ground. Look at the tree and drive that way. And then when you get down there, turn around and come back to this marked spot. Don't ride on the line because you're going to be looking at the line and then the line goes like this. Find another spot at the end of that line and go that way. And before you know it, you've got this perfect golf course just because your posture and your perspective were within the lines. God wants you to have a perfectly manicured life in his eyes. To the world, it may not look all that fantastic. Disciplines don't always look that way. But these boundaries are best for us. Ultimately, he uses the very perfect grass that someone else has never seen before. Someone else has not seen that example in their life. These boundaries, these directions. Deuteronomy 5.32 says this. This is right after the Ten Commandments were written. You shall be careful, therefore, to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn to the right or to the left. Our tendency, everyone's tendency, is going to be to turn to the right or to the left. Isn't it interesting that Solomon describes those with vision as happy? Happy. People that have caught God's vision are not sad people, but glad people. A church with vision will be church with an environment of joy. And joy abounds because Jesus abides. We're going to have more steak nights. We're going to have more time out in the yard. We're going to have some more surf trips. And we're going to reach some more people at Church of the Island. And we're going to be smiling as we do it. Joy can become magnetic to attracting others to the vision that God is doing. Leonard Sweet said, Today's church is like a vehicle careening down the road at breakneck speed. It really is somewhat of a danger to people, he explained. Everyone in this vehicle called the church absolutely fixates on dome light issues. Fighting for who sits where, who gets the pillow, who gets the window seat, who gets to drive, who gets the front, who gets the back. They've forgotten that the purpose of the car is to travel down the highway. We're so fixed to, fixated on the dome lights that we forget to turn on the headlights. We have to stay outward focused in order to be the church God wants us to be. 
We must hang on and obey the command in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct. He will make your paths straight. The second thing we've got to realize to have a vision is critical, is important, but to have a vision is consequential. There are consequences to not having a vision and to having a vision. To have a vision speaks of looking at things as they are and seeing as things as they can be. There's potential. What do you want your life to look like in the future? Seeing things in some cases in bigger and in all cases we want things to be better. We plan accordingly. If you want to see it If you wait until you see it, you're never going to see it. We've got to move forward as active participants in our salvation. So how do we do that? Realize that to have a vision with consequences, it's a greater work for God. It's a greater work for God. Our text provides a contrast of two different viewpoints. Where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. So you've got the... Uh, destructive people in the destructive lifestyle with no way. And then you've got, blessed is he who keeps the law. Delightful people who have ab abode by the word. The difference is the ones with vision have vision because they've looked into God's word. Just spend time in God's word. It's not that complicated. But don't do it just to do it. Do it to hear. When God speaks to you, you won't forget, you'll remember, you'll apply, and you'll move forward. The second way is to realize that it's a glorious work by God. Not just a greater work for God, because lots of us say, I want to work for God. Well, I'm here, I'm available. But a glorious work by God. He works in us. A church with a vision not only sees what they can do for God, but sees what God can do for the church. God gave us this building. God has given us so many things. It's his vision imparted and planted and engrafted into the heart of one who desires a greater work for God. You desire a greater work. He desires to give it to you. He does that. Vision is not seeing what we can do for God, but what God can do through us. Just be available. What did God say to us in Jeremiah 33, 3? Call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. There are things that you don't know about yourself that God wants you to know. There are things that God wants you to know about you. And they're good. And it's for your good and for growth. After Jesus healed a paralytic Luke 5.26 says, an amazement seized them all. And they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things. We get the word paradox and strange from the word extraordinary. They'd never seen a paralyzed person stand up, grab his mat, walk home. That was extraordinary. God wants to do better than a parking place at the mall for you. He wants to do something extraordinary, strange. Aren't you a little weary of going through the motions of religiosity?
I am. It was straining and exhausting as a teenager to watch people, my own family, talk, listen to the same sermon that I heard, and then we'd leave as, as, as if we were never in the church building in the first place. Talking to my brother and sister about where we would go when our parents divorced, which they did. Talking about where we would never go when our church split, which it did. Here's the trouble. Nobody's perfect. My parents weren't perfect. And our church wasn't perfect. And I couldn't go on with the rest of my life holding them accountable for my faith. I had to let them be forgiven by me to move forward in my own faith and say, everything is fine. They are going to answer to God, and I don't have to be there for that judgment day. I am going to be there for my judgment day. And I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord, not... Really? You blamed your parents? You're 50. <laughs> You're an idiot. Pray. Spend time with people you don't necessarily like. Because God's put you together to grow together. He can heal. Which he has in those same church members that went through the split. God can do the miraculous and the amazing if we let him, there will be challenges, but God, the God that we serve is up to any challenge that we can give him. Not only do we need to realize that to have a vision is both critical and consequential, but it's costly. It's costly to not have a vision. When there's no vision, it means that business goes on as usual. That's exactly what Satan wants for your life. It keeps us from reaching the heights and doing all that we can do, being all we can be and seeing all that we can see in our walk with Christ. First of all, we get a lack of vision. In verse 8, 18 again, where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. They stiff arm it. They literally get rid of it. Literally means to loosen, to dismiss. We dismiss vision. We go backwards in our faith instead of moving forward. So we think that we're sitting on a pew and we're listening to the pastor and we're doing the nice things. And as long as I'm nice to people and I serve here and there, then I'm good. But what if God told you to do something else? It didn't have anything to do with those things. You're just practicing religion, just going through the motions. We can literally digress in our growth we can go backwards it's a picture of not moving forward in our faith but loosen and dismiss is going backwards it's interesting the word perish or casting off restraint was sometimes used it's a picture of a woman letting her hair down now Ashley sometimes it drives her nuts when I we get in the jeep and I'll take the top off and I'm fired up. Why? <laughs> I got nothing to mess up. She has plenty to mess up. 
You've seen hair fly. It's everywhere. Every single hair is going wherever it wants to go and winds up wherever it wants to wind up. And then she's got a rat's nest when we get to the restaurant. What? Just put a hat on. You'll be fine. That's not what you want in your life. Because you've got to undo a rat's nest and sometimes you might need scissors. We do not want that in our spiritual growth. Messed up hair in a rat's nest. It's so funny. A lack of vision creates an atmosphere where people go their own way, do their own thing, and you wind up with nothing accomplished. And God has much that he wants us to accomplish. I read a new study just released this past week that listed the top reasons why many pastors get depressed and leave the ministry. Looking at the faces of apathetic members each week and not being able to take them anywhere in empty altars with people that don't want to pray. George Barna, in his book, The Power of Vision, writes, Unless God's people have a clear understanding of where they're headed, the probability of a successful journey is severely limited. In those churches where a sense of God's vision for ministry truly exists, the probability of growth and impact are high. In churches where the vision is absent, growth is thwarted by man's roadblocks. Man's roadblocks equal religion. God calls us out to not practice religion, but a relationship with him personally and corporately together. Let's not mess our hair up. Lack of vision and loss of vision. Let the words of this translation sink in tonight. Where there is no vision, the people perish, King James Version says. This indicates the possibility that while some might lack vision, others can lose the vision. The word perish means to absolve. Where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. They go their own way, like hair blown in the wind, moving backwards instead of forwards. I've lost contact lenses after contact lenses, knowing that I used to be able to see, miserable, knowing I cannot see now, and wanting what I lost. And have to wait until when? Till I go back to the doctor and he gives me a new set of lenses. In our spiritual walk, it's the same way. We have to go back to the doctor. He gives us a new set of lenses, a new prescription, we follow through and then we can see again. There are churches all over that were thriving at one time that are dead or closed. We cannot let that happen here. We don't want any church on this island to close. And we want to do whatever it takes to keep them open. To not lose sight of the Great Commission. The instruction of the resurrected Jesus to his disciples that we said earlier. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always. The great promise that we are not alone when we obey his mission. We often go out without his help. Thinking that we're going to save anybody. And we cannot do that. He is with us always and he loves us so much that he doesn't leave us alone. 
So our church wants to replant. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know what our role is going to be. I don't know what your role is going to be. But I do know what we do today. We cut a little grass and fill some backpacks. We do what God has given us to do today, knowing that that will carry us through to tomorrow. Without a vision, the people perish. We don't want this church to go backwards, but I want to tell you something else. I don't want it to go forwards either. We want it to go upwards. We want it to look like Christ. We are the bride of Christ. We need to act like the bride of Christ and surrender to his authority in our lives and do it together. He is able to lead us to fulfill his vision. Do you believe that? He is able. Pastor Allen came up with this verse. Psalm 145, 4. Generation after generation shall commend your works and shall declare your mighty acts. We have got to continue to pass the torch of his love by receiving our doctor's prescription. Constantly as believers. Go to the doctor. We went to the doctor first, got my big heavy glasses, and they moved on to gas perm lenses. And then one day I had to have cataract surgery. And reading glasses. But every time I go to the doctor, I can see. And that's awesome. God wants us as a church to see. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. And I'm going to ask you all a couple of questions. Do you want to see? Are you willing to plug in and surrender as the bride of Christ? What is it that might be separating you from him? Only you can answer those questions. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Tell me what those problems are, what the answers are. But I want to challenge you to to answer those questions to God himself. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And this altar is going to be open as our band plays in a minute. If you don't know Jesus and you've never been to the doctor, the gospel is simple. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life if you don't know Jesus and you want to all you have to do is confess with your heart confess with your mouth believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead If you don't know him and you want to, pray a simple prayer like this from your heart. Lord, I don't know you, but I want to. And I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that God raised Jesus from the dead for me. Lord, save me. I surrender to your authority for this day forward, just like grace has and so many others. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
If you prayed that prayer, all I ask is that you share that with me. Or you share that with Jared in the back, the big giant guy with the red hair. We want to know because we want to help you follow through in your faith and disciple you and give you some things. If you want vision for your life, seek Him in His Word and obey Him. Use this opportunity at the end of the service to just get right with God because we're always only one prayer away from getting right with God. I'm going to pray for us. The band's going to play. Make this altar yours or just pray where you are. Lord, hear the cries of your people, the bride that you've planted here on Dolphin Island. We want to be right with you in every way so that we can see clearly what you want us to see about ourselves the truth that you want us to live and be. Pour your spirit on us, Lord, now as we surrender our lives in every way. and Give us wisdom as we move forward and love and care as we serve. Hear our prayers now in Jesus' name.